0: Chapter 5 of Short Stories for Short People This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jenny Hoops, Bragg Creek, Alberta. Short Stories for Short People by Alicia Stewart Aspinwall The NS Bicycle Gordon Randall had had some money given him to buy a bicycle, which he was to choose himself. "'Now, Gordon,' said his mother as he started off for the shop, "'if there is anything about the bicycle that you do not understand, make them explain it to you. Do not be afraid to ask questions.' And Gordon promised to be very careful. In about an hour back he came, radiant, i have bought one mamma and oh such a beauty you never saw the man is to oil it and send it up this afternoon and oh mamma i am so happy when the bicycle came mrs randall was delighted with the machine which seemed to be a very fine one you have evidently made a good choice but gordon said she what are those two letters n s engraved on the handle what do they mean why said gordon i don't know perhaps they are the initials of the maker but hanging his head shamefacedly i really did not see them before or i should surely have asked as you bade me but mamma i will ride down at once to the shop on my new machine and ask the man very well said his mother but be quick dear for your supper will be ready before long So off went Gordon, his little heart swelling with pride. He rode well, having ridden a good deal before, but never on such a beautiful machine, so light, yet so strong. "'And it is mine, my very own!' he shouted in great delight. Soon he came to the shop, and carefully guiding his machine to the sidewalk, tried to go more slowly." when, to his horror, he found he could not. The wheels refused to stop. Round and round they went, faster than ever, and poor Gordon was carried by the shop in spite of himself. On and on he went, and round and round went his poor, unwilling little legs, while his heart beat, thump, thump, in his terror. By the post-office by the station he shot and on and on far far away from his home the town was left behind and now he found himself on a quiet country road he tried again and again to make the bicycle go more slowly but no it absolutely refused to obey him Gordon, who had only ridden the ordinary bicycles before, did not know what to do to force this dreadful creature to do his bidding. To his delight, he now saw before him a very high, steep hill. Ha, ha, Mr. Bicycle, he said, your run will come to an end here, I fancy. But when they reached the hill, if you will believe me, the bicycle did not even seem to see that there was a hill there for he ran right up the steep incline as if it were the most level bicycle track in the world oh dear oh dear said gordon will nothing stop it and must i go on forever why it may run on for years until i am an old old man and how strange it will look to see a white-haired man riding on a small boy's bicycle and riding so awfully fast too i wonder if kind people will take pity on me and throw food to me as i pass poor gordon's supper-time was now long past and he began to feel very hungry, you see. A dreadful thought suddenly came to him. "'If I go on at this pace, I am sure that in a few days the land will give out, and then I suppose I shall have to ride right into the ocean.' At this fearful idea, Gordon's tears began to flow. He was now approaching a large town, and everyone he met looked at him in surprise, for to see a ten-year-old boy on a bicycle riding so wonderfully fast and crying as if his heart would break was a strange sight, truly. "'Where are you going, little boy?' they cried. "'I am sure I don't know,' said Gordon, and before they could say any more he was gone." he passed a big railway station and saw by its sign that he was in the town of borborough forty miles from his home and at this his tears again gushed forth what you're crying about said a very small and very dirty boy who was playing in the street you're a great big crybaby and you are better turn round and go home to your ma and the small boy threw I am sorry to say, a handful of mud at poor Gordon. But Gordon did not mind that at all, for at the boy's words an idea had come to him. What was it he had said? Turn round and go home. Now was it not just possible that he might do this? He knew that he could guide the bicycle even if he could not stop it. And why could he not turn it entirely round? It was certainly worth trying, and if you will believe me, the idea of doing so had not once come to him till the dirty little mud-throwing boy had spoken. He waited till he came to a wide free space and began to turn. He shouted as he found the machine obeyed him beautifully and came about with no trouble. He was very much ashamed to think that he had not thought before of this simple way out of his difficulty. He was now on his way back, going as fast as ever, but no longer crying. He was now fairly shouting in his delight. Passing the small boy again, he called out, Thank you! Thank you! and to this day that boy does not know what it was that gordon thanked him for back over the same road he flew and ah so willingly now past many twinkling electric lights then out of the big town and on to the quiet country road again where the trees looked very tall and black in the darkness gordon was not very old and he was afraid to be out on that lonely road alone but he kept saying to himself, I shall soon be at home. He passed through many small towns, then through the long dark wooden bridge that spanned the river Nokowi, which he could hear rushing and tumbling far beneath, hurrying on to the sea. And then at last he saw the lights of his own dear home twinkling in the distance. Down into the middle of the town he went, by the station, post office, and shop where he had bought this terrible machine, and at last he came to his home. Turning in at the gate and gathering his little remaining strength, he made a tremendous effort and jumped from the bicycle. And the bicycle, what do you think it did? It stopped short and stood perfectly still, leaning against the piazza and looking as good and demure as any ordinary machine could do. But Gordon did not trust it, and running to the stable, got a strong rope and tied it firmly to the piazza post. Then he went into his mother, whom he found sobbing bitterly. Running to her and throwing his arms about her, he told her the whole wonderful story— and oh, how glad she was to see him. And I thought, she said, that I had lost my dear boy. Men are searching for you in every direction, while you poor little fellow were in Borborough, forty miles away. She kissed him again and again, and after he had eaten something, for he was faint with hunger, He went to bed and slept till eleven o'clock the next day. "'Now, Gordon,' said his mother, "'the first thing to do is to make the shopman take back the bicycle. I will go with you and help you pull it, for you must not get on it again.' And Gordon was very willing to obey. So they led the machine back, and it did not seem at all ashamed— but held its bright nickel-plated head up proudly, as if it were a very remarkable machine. And truly, I think it was, don't you? When they got to the shop and told their story to the man, he said, "'Why, I suppose the boy wanted one of the N.S. machines.' "'And what does N.S. mean?' said Gordon. "'Mean?' said the man.' "'N.S. means never stop. They never stop, you see, till you jump off.' "'Indeed they don't,' said Gordon. "'You are quite right, and I think never stop is a very good name for them.' "'Well,' said Mrs. Randall, "'I think that both my son and I would prefer the ordinary bicycle.' So the man exchanged the remarkable N.S. bicycle for a common one, which is perfectly willing to stop whenever its little master tells it to. And do you know, the manufacturers found that no one would buy the N.S. machines, so they gave up making them some time ago, and now, no matter where you try, you will find it impossible to buy an N.S. S. Bicycle